Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. How are y'all doing today? So I heard the saints are playing today. Is that right? Okay, well, first service was packed. The real saints are in this service. The real committed. Anyway, it's that time of year. Great to see you all. Y'all, it's hot outside. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, gumbo and football and cooler weather season is coming in about, what, four months or so? Is that the way it works? No, I don't know. Well, ho- hopefully sooner than that. But, hey, great to see y'all. Y'all doing well? Y'all doing well? Great, 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 great to be here. As y'all know, I was here last uh, weekend, Pastor Don, of course, preached, but uh, I was just coming back from vacation. We were out for several weeks, and so I didn't get to preach last weekend, but today uh, I'm here starting a brand new series. Are y'all excited about this new series? You see it behind me? And earlier, everybody clapped. I said, are y'all just clapping because Ephesians is finally over, or are you really excited about this? Raise your hand if you were in the Ephesians series. You came regularly to that. Most of y'all good. Well, I'm fired up about this sermon series. It's been on my heart for a while. And just to kind of set the foundation of where we're going, uh, here's, my, here's my plan, okay? I think we can cover this entire prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in about four to five weeks. You thought I was going to say months, didn't you? We could do that. Y'all want to do that? No, we're not going to do that. Four to five weeks is my goal, okay? So that's nothing, right? I mean, Ephesians, what, seven months? We did Acts over a year, Revelation, whatever. So this should be easy, right? But um, I, I'm really excited about this series. I believe God is going to use it to, well, ha- uh, to get all of us uh, really where we need to be in our prayer lives if we're not there already. And the ultimate aim, of course, is to grow in our relationship with God. And uh, you see behind me here, uh, it says the Lord's Prayer. And in a lot of ways, we could say this is a series, a sermon series on prayer. But probably the best way to say it is that this is a relationship series. It's really a relationship series, yours with God. And how many of y'all want to grow in that relationship? Because how many of y'all know that relationship will determine the quality of our other relationships? So how many of y'all are really want to grow? I believe you, you all want to grow. That's why you're here. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles. If you, if you have your like, real copy or if it's on your phone, you can go there. We're going to have all the scriptures here. But if you've got it open, go, go to Matthew 5 and Matthew 6. You can just hold those places. We're going to spend most of our time in Matthew chapter 6. But as we begin today, you know, of course, this prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer, it's really a model of how to pray, not not just merely a prayer. It's a model. Uh, It's so very well known and so greatly loved by millions upon millions upon millions of Christians all across the world. It's prayed at mealtime. It's prayed at bedtime. It's prayed in times of crises uh, and many other occasions as well. Uh, how many of y'all love this prayer? Let me, let, me, let me see your hands if you grew up praying this prayer. Let me see your hands. Okay. A lot of you did. Some of you didn't. That's okay. Uh, but maybe you're here and you're like, okay, I grew up with this prayer. I'm very familiar with it. And maybe you're thinking like, okay, what can I really learn other than what I already know? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward prayer. Well, I'm going to show you in the next four to five weeks just how much is really in it and around this prayer. And I believe that, again, my aim is for all of us, no matter who you are, 
no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, how long you've been praying this, that we go to another level together as a congregation. So y'all ready to, y'all ready to do that? But um, this prayer has had a huge influence in my life over the years. Uh, about 20 years ago, one of my pastors, Mike Gowans, uh, he was actually the first to actually teach this prayer to me and to lead me through it. And so since that time, I've been praying it on a regular basis. And it has shaped me and formed me in so many ways. And I know that it has impacted many of you as well. As a matter of fact... Um, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, I hosted a membership class here at Our Savior's Midtown, and I went through all the details of the church, talked about how people can get involved, talked about all the ins and outs of this campus in particular. And I went, I don't know, Pastor David, about 45 minutes or so, and I thought I'd covered it all. Well, there was a lady uh, who was sitting in the front named Miss Julie Hack. Raise your hand if you know Miss Julie. Miss Julie was there in the front, and at the end, I got done with everything, and I said, okay, uh, does anyone have any questions? Now, how many of y'all know you have to be careful what you ask for publicly? Because, I mean, I was willing to answer questions, but I don't think I was really ready for the one that Miss Julie brought. So um, everybody was silent. Miss Julie raised her hand with this kind of bewildered, but also kind of just like a disturbed look on her face. She raised her hand, and she said, Pastor Scott... I have a question. Why don't y'all pray the Lord's Prayer at church more often? And I'm rarely at a loss for words. My wife tells me I, I talk too much. I probably do. I always have a, a ready answer for everything. And I stalled for just a minute. I did. And then I thought, you know, in that moment, okay, she's asking. It's a really good question. How many of you know it's a good question? Why don't we pray it more often as a church? And right there on the spot, the only answer I could come up with was, Miss Julie, great question. I don't know why Pastor David never leads us in that prayer. <laughs> he was an easy target. He was standing right there. And then uh, he reminded me of this. That was a Saturday. The next day, Pastor David got up here and led the congregation in the Lord's Prayer. How many of y'all remember? You remember that day? Okay. Well, well, it was awesome. And we said the prayer together. And then uh, not long after that, I saw Miss Julie. And, and, and I said, Miss Julie, I said, wasn't that awesome? We, you know, Pastor David led us. And she goes, oh, I missed it. You know, Miss Julie, she was in her 70s. She said, oh, I missed it. I said, oh, it's okay. We're going to pray it again as a church family. Okay. Well, fast forward um, earlier this year uh, in the early spring, I got a call uh, or actually a text from uh, Colleen, uh, Miss Julie's daughter, who's right there. Um, and she let me know that Miss Julie was not doing well uh, physically, uh, that she believed her time was drawing you know, close to an end and that she would be passing soon. And so I, lo I love to preach. I love to do what I'm doing right now. Like I, I used, you hear me say it all the time. I wish, you know, Sunday, you have my, me preaching. I wish Monday were Sunday and I could come and preach again. I love this. But let me tell you something I really, really love to do. I feel very honored to do. And that is to be with the living, but also to be with the dying in their final moments as they transition from this life to the next. That is a great honor for me. And so Colleen asked me to come over. I went over to Miss Julie's house. Some of the family was there. And I got to sit down right beside Miss Julie. She was lying there. And I got to sit down beside her. And I got to hold her hand. 
and I kissed her on the forehead and just encouraged her and just spoke some words of life over her. And then uh, I grabbed her hand and I said, Ms. Julie, we're, we're going to pray. Can we pray? She said, oh, please do. And so I grabbed her hand and we, and we began to pray. And listen, I prayed what I thought was an awesome prayer. And I said, in Jesus' name, amen. And then I went to pull my hand back from hers, and she grabbed it back, and she closed her eyes, and she said, pray with me, our Father who art in heaven, how would it be your... And she led us, didn't she, in the most powerful Lord's Prayer I've ever prayed. I mean, it was so incredibly powerful. And I just confirmed this. As far as we know, that was the last time that Miss Julie prayed that prayer. So I didn't get to lead her in it. She led me in it and some of the family. And man, what a sweet moment I'll never forget in my life. And hey, y'all, nothing would make her happier than knowing that we're going through this prayer together as a congregation. So Miss Julie is no longer here in the congregation, but she's in heaven. Can we give Miss Julie... Come on, let's put our hands together. Some thanks for a life of faithfulness and just her love for prayer. It was, it was so inspiring for me. So what, what an incredible uh, opportunity we have in front of us. And I want you, as mentioned, turn to Matthew 5 and 6. And if you're taking notes today, write this title down because this really uh, encapsulates what I want to get across today as I lay a foundation for this prayer. And the title of this message is very simply... The heart, the heart of the matter. Or we could say the heart of prayer, the heart of prayer. Let's, let's bow, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Come on, can we lift our hands? Father, we thank you. Come on, stretch your hands high. Lord, we thank you for this day. It's the day you've made. We thank you. You are our Father, and we look to you right now. We ask for your help. We pray, God, that you would speak to us today. And Lord, my prayer is that you Lord, would take us to another level, to a deeper level in our relationship with you. And I pray that you would use every word that I speak to that end. I pray that you would awaken us, inspire us, encourage us, and much more as I share. Lord, may hearts come alive today. May we come alive with fresh passion to seek you with all that we have. And so, Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in this sermon and in this series. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right. Well, as you go to Matthew 5 and 6, as you hold your places there, uh, let, let me share a big thought with you as we begin. And I want you to test this, okay? I want you to test this and see if it's true in your own life. And here's the thought. Just because... We believe in God does not automatically mean that we have a good relationship with God. Does that make sense? Think that through with me. How many of y'all believe in God? Most everybody, if not all. Raise your hand, let me see him high. You believe in God. Okay, put him down. Raise your hand if there have been times in your life when you can say, okay, yeah, of course, I believe in God, but there have been times when you have not had the greatest relationship with God. You need to work on it. Let me see your hands. So, I mean, that kind of proves it, right? So you can believe in God, you can love God, but that does not automatically translate into having a great relationship with him. The truth of the matter, as we get down to the heart of the matter, is that our relationship with God, listen carefully, will not grow on its own. 
just like in marriage, the same is true with your relationship with God. If you want that relationship to grow, how many of y'all know you got to make it a priority? You got to spend time with God. You've got to make getting with Him a priority. And from what I see in the Bible, and really from the last, say, just over two decades of my own Christian experience, it is impossible to have a great relationship with God without prayer. I'm just getting right down to it. You've got to see this truth for what it is. You can watch. Believe in God. Once again, you believe in God? Let me see your hands. You can believe in God. And, and, and this, is the, this is the wild thing. Here, here, this is for all the doctrine people, which should be all Christians, but for those who really, really, really love good doctrine. Watch. This is very convicting for some. You can have the best doctrine, the best like you've gone through and you've thought through Jesus, who he is, end time stuff, justification, all those big words. You can have all that like ironed out and settled in your heart and have good doctrine but just because you have good doctrine does not mean necessarily that you have a good prayer life. How many of y'all know we should have good doctrine? How many of y'all know we should go to church regularly? How many of y'all know we should give, we should do all those things that we do publicly, which can, can help us get closer to God? Yes. But how many of y'all know you can do all that, but still there can be a gap between you and God in this sense? that perhaps you are the person, you love him, you believe in him, but you rarely talk to him. How many of y'all know? There are a lot of ways to build your relationship with God and people, but the foundation is communication. Can you imagine, let me, married people get in this with me, but the others as well, you can contextualize this. Think about this. Imagine if you were to say about your marriage, men, let me say it from this perspective, husbands. I've got a great relationship with my wife. Like, we are on the same page. Like, we are close, we are intimate, but we rarely, if ever, talk. Now, some of y'all would like that. <laughs> you would like both to be true. But let me help you. If you say you have a great relationship with your spouse, but you rarely, if ever, talk, let me help you. You don't have a great relationship with your spouse. How many of y'all know we have to communicate? We have to talk. you got to get close because when you talk and when you share, you're communicating your heart. You with her, she, her with you, you're, you're communicating what's in you. And that is one of the ways that we get closer to one another. How many of y'all know the same is true in our relationship with God? If somebody says, I've got a great relationship with God, but they never pray to God, I would question that statement that they have a great relationship with God. Because listen, prayer, prayer. Prayer is the way that we communicate with God. This is so simple, but if you want, write this down. God speaks to us through the word. People say, I want to hear God speak. I want to hear God's voice. How many of y'all want to hear God's voice? Nine of you. Oh, dear heavens, i got to do another series. I'm just messing with you. How many of y'all want to hear from God? Well, I know, I know you do. Well, you've you got to open the word. You've got to listen to preaching. God speaks to us from his word, okay? So he speaks to us that way. But then how many of y'all know we have the great privilege of talking back to God in prayer? And so we've got to listen. We've got to hear. But we've also got to talk and speak. And when those are happening on a regular basis, there you get a good relationship. Or at least the foundation to build it. Are, are y'all with me today? Just making sense. Pretty simple stuff, huh? But, but here, here's what I've seen. 
Many people claim to love God, but they just, let's be honest, this, maybe this is you. My name is Scott. I'm your friend, as always. Maybe you're here, you say, I love God, believe in God, always have, as long as, long as you can remember. Back to your childhood. I believe in him, but you rarely talk to him. Or maybe, maybe you do, but it's not as often as you want. Well, here, here's what I've seen. You be the judge of this in your own life. Two of the most common reasons why people don't pray more often. Now, it's more than this, but here's what I see. Number one is that some people don't think that God is really listening. Now, let me ask for a show of hands. I want you to be vulnerable with me. Raise your hand if you've ever been at that point. You've been, you prayed, and then like in, in the middle of praying or after, you're like, I don't know if God is even listening to what I'm saying. Raise your hand if you've ever been there. I have. Now, for the rest of you who've never felt that before, y'all got super faith. Okay? But, but how about that one? I, I mean, I don't know if God's really listening. I mean, why even do this? Uh, there have been times, especially early on, I thought, you know, man, I, I'm praying, and forget my prayers reaching heaven. I don't know if my prayers are going above the roof. Like, I don't know if they're going even higher than nine feet. Like I, I, like, I didn't feel like they were going anywhere, and I didn't feel like God is listening. But how many of y'all know it doesn't depend upon our feelings? It depends upon God's promise. God promises to hear, and he, he, he promises to respond. But I think maybe, maybe there are some of you here today, you, you don't feel like God is listening, and if you, if you feel like he's not listening, then you're probably not going to pray very often to someone who you think is tuned out. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone <clears throat> in the right in front of you at the table, but they keep looking past you and around you and at their phone every 30 seconds? You ever been there? Ever been that place? Isn't that annoying? I, and, and I have, with certain people, been like, hello, look right here. You can do that later. Right here, right here. Don't waste my time, in other words. I, I want... I want you to pay attention to me. And isn't that like the basic uh, prerequisite to a good relationship is that you zero in, you listen, you lean in. And, and that shows respect, doesn't it? That shows honor. That shows that you're into what that person is saying. Well, there are many people who, they don't even think God's listening, that he's looking over your, you, around you. You know, He's checking his, his phone, proverbial phone, so to speak. Uh, some people think that, well, Prayer doesn't make a real tangible difference. Maybe God's listening. Okay, you, got, you hear me, but, but I prayed before. You didn't come through in the way that I wanted you to. Therefore, I mean, why do it again? It doesn't really make a difference in my life. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that way. I'm not saying you do overall, but raise your hand. Just be honest. You feel like, man, I don't even know if this is really going to work at all. Raise your hand. Okay, y'all are a very religious or very, very faith-filled service. Okay, some of you aren't raising your hand no matter what I say. That's okay. Okay, first service, let me just say first service, almost everybody's hand went up for both. Okay, and, and maybe you've got your own set of reasons that you've struggled with. Maybe it's not these, but the point is I think we can all be honest in saying this, that at times we've struggled in our prayer lives. We've struggled to be consistent. We've struggled to communicate with God. But, but let me flip this around. What if God really does hear? What if God really does respond? If that's true, then praying should be the chief priority of our lives. The Bible tells us that God exists. Do y'all believe that God exists? Y'all believe that he's large and in charge? That he's sovereign? That he can move the mountains? Do y'all believe that? Y'all talk to me a little bit. Y'all believe that? 
Do y'all believe that there's a God in heaven who is good and only does good to, for you and to you? Do y'all believe that? Okay, l- let me help you. The same Bible that says that is the same Bible that tells us to pray and to do so in faith, knowing that that God that you just profess faith in, that God hears and that God will respond. And here's the truth. You can't take one truth and reject the other. You can't hold on to the former and reject the latter. If you say he exists, if you believe that, then you must necessarily believe his word. And his word says if we pray, if we cry out, he will hear and respond, not always in our timing, not always in the way that we want, but in his timing and in the best way God knows how to answer prayer. It's the promise of Scripture, isn't it? So... Your beliefs drive your behaviors. So if you believe he's not listening and he doesn't care, he's not answering, then you're not going to pray. You're going to believe that will dictate your behavior of not praying. But if by faith you go to the scriptures and you see these truths and place your faith in the God who gave us those truths, that should ignite our prayer lives. Where where we go beyond just, I prayed today, check. I read my Bible today, check. It goes beyond that to, I want to meet with God. I'm not going to bed tonight until or unless I meet with God. It's a passion. It's a pursuit of God, knowing that when you get there with him, he meets you in that place. He speaks to you in that place. He rewards you in that place. And when you get that revelation, it changes everything in your prayer life. Unfortunately, some people live their Christian lives seeing prayer as a last resort instead of a top priority. Listen, if we believe that God is who he says he is, we should be like Paul and pray without ceasing. And that doesn't mean we stay all day in our prayer closet. It means that we stay in a posture, in an attitude of prayer, so that through the day we are dependent upon him for everything we do. If it's a five-second prayer, a five-minute prayer, if it's slipping away for 30 minutes, we get with God because we know he hears and he'll respond. Oh, you're here, though. I I thought this was about the Lord's Prayer. It is. But before we get to the Lord's Prayer, before we get to the how of prayer, we got to get down to the heart of prayer. Because if I just tell you how, and you're like, okay, repeat after this, you already know that, don't you? In this message series, in particular today, we're getting to the heart of the matter to not, not just address what we do, but why we do what we do in prayer. Does that make sense? So I'm just laying the foundation for you this morning. Now, with that said, I'm going I'm to preach. I'm going to preach this prayer. We're going to go through it line by line. We're going to pray this prayer as a congregation. And come on with me. Come on, y'all better help me on this one. We're going to see God's kingdom come, his will be done here in Acadiana as it is in heaven. Are y'all believing this with me? We, we are going to pray the way Jesus told us to pray. And we're going to see God move. Like, I, I did not show up today, and I will not show up in weeks to come just to preach a message to say I did to get through another series. I'm believing with all my heart that God is going to use what he gave 2,000 years ago, us taking that, practicing it by faith to spark revival in our lives. So what are you after? To spark revival in the secret place of your life. And when there's a fire burning there, you don't have to announce that fire. It will spread and people will know that you are on fire for God. And I'm, hey, I'm fine with public revival. 
But hey, come on, let's see God for private revival in our homes, in our, in our secret places. That's where I'm going to take you. And man, we're going to explode with passion. We're going we're to just go to a completely different level if, if you'll let me take you there. And so let's get into this together. But I, I want to do something that you would probably expect me to do, knowing the way I preach. Instead of going straight to the prayer... I'm going to take you to the context around this prayer that helps us make sense of this prayer. And what I mean by that is this. It's important for us to know at the beginning here two things. First of all, where, everybody say where, where Jesus taught this prayer and why he taught this prayer. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all can answer the question and, and fill in the blank here of the where, where, where did Jesus teach on prayer? And why did he do it? I mean, I think a lot of times we jump right into the prayer and we don't know the context. Well, let, let me give you the context. We're going to have it up here on the screen. Matthew 5. Let me hit one verse, just one verse. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, we're told that Jesus, he goes up on the mountain. And then he what? He sits down. And then his what? His, y'all talk to me. Do what? That's right. And so here's what I want you to see. Jesus goes up. And I've actually been to the spot, this area where they believe Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon that's been said that's ever been preached. I've been to this very location. Raise your hand if you've ever been to Israel. Israel, okay. Okay, in this very spot, okay, this very area, it overlooks the Sea of Galilee, which I think I've told you all this before. When I went to Israel back in 2020, uh, at the beginning of the year, we went on a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. And this brother was tempted to step out and try to walk on the water. But how many of y'all know somebody's tried to do that and they had to do a U-turn and go get the fool? But uh, you can't blame them for maybe trying by faith. But anyway, um, this, this area overlooks the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful area up on the mountain. Well, Jesus, he, he goes up. He goes high. But then he, he sits down and, and then he teaches. He preaches the Sermon on the Mount. And what I love here is the symbolism in this. Moses went up on the mountain, but how many of y'all know we serve someone greater than Moses? Jesus, who went up on the mountain to give us, disciples then, but throughout the ages, a higher way of living. I've said it before probably 500 times. Let me say it one more time. We are not better than unbelievers, but we are called to be different from. We are called to a what? Christians, I'm talking to the believers, you're called to a higher what? Life and a higher what? Standard, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes this group up, they go up, they sit down, and he, he preaches in a way to call them to a whole new level. And in this sermon, and this is just chapter 5, Jesus addresses some very practical topics. He talks about happiness. He talks about anger. He talks about lust. He talks about retaliation, oath-taking, loving one's enemies, and more. And that's, that's just chapter 5. Boy, it had been great to hear Jesus preach live. Wouldn't that have been amazing? He goes through, and just, just what we call one chapter hits these topics. And no, no, notice this. This is so powerful. Jesus not only preaches on what people do, at this higher level, he goes down through his words to address why people do what they do. He gets to the heart of the matter. He gets down to the root. 
Sometimes in Christianity, we spend time managing people's fruit, the, the, the good, but especially the bad. Make this tree good, the root in the tree good, and the what will be good? The fruit. Jesus not only addresses what people do, he gets down to the, to the foundational below the surface level to address why we do what we do. And, and that's so important because how many of y'all know you can do the right thing, but if you do it for the wrong reason and the, right, uh, the wrong motivation, then it's the wrong thing. It's the right thing doing, but it's the wrong reason it turns out to be wrong. And that, that's true in every area of our lives. We can do the right thing. You can say, I did the right thing. But it's not just what did you do, it's why did you do that? Jesus takes us going up, down to the motivational level. And how many of y'all know Jesus is so convicting? Don't run from the conviction of God. Don't run from Jesus' words. They cut, but how many of y'all know the same Savior who cuts also heals? He binds up. He wants to remove the cancer of the sin in our lives so that we can be healed and walk like he walked. There are people who don't want to be convicted or challenged, and some hop from church to church just to find an inspirational message to make them feel better. Well, you would not last long in Jesus' church. Jesus will make you feel better, yes. But how many of y'all know Jesus will convict you with his words to the very core? Not just what you do, but why you do what you do. Are y'all with me? That's what he's doing in this sermon. Getting to the heart of the matter. And so in chapter 6, let's go there now. I said all that to say this. Jesus teaches on the topic of prayer. It begins here in, uh, well, we're going to pick it up in verse 5. That's where he starts. But this is so frustrating for some. Maybe for you as you're hearing me preach. He doesn't immediately address how to pray. Instead, he begins by telling us how not to pray. Now, again, a lot of times when this is preached, people jump right into the prayer, and they start preaching it and talking about it and praying it. Well, Jesus, before he goes there, before he gives this model of prayer, He tells us how not to pray. And this is Jesus. Take this in for me. This is Jesus, the Son, who lived in constant communion with the Father, very God of very God. If there's anyone who knows how to approach the Father and how to pray to the Father, it's Jesus, the Son. Can I get an amen? Nobody better than Jesus, okay? But before he goes there, he tells us how not to. Let's let's look here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not, everybody say not. You must not be like the hypocrites. For they love, keyword, love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And here's why they do it. That they may be seen by others. Jesus says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Key word here, let me address this, hypocrites. Someone said, I'm not going to church because it's filled with hypocrites. How many of y'all know? There's room for one more. (laughs) A lot more, actually. Now, let let me qualify that. The process of Christian growth and sanctification 
Becoming more like Jesus is God and us cooperating with him to close the gap between what we know and what we do. So that we become, here's where we should go, less and less and less hypocritical the longer we walk with him. So we don't ever want to say, well, we're all just hypocrites. I mean, come on, join us. We all say one thing on Sunday and then the rest of the week it's hell. No. Now that is true for some people. <laughs> are, y'all, are y'all with me? We want to close that gap, and we want to make sure that we, by the power of God, that we live out what we profess so boldly here on Sunday. Amen? Come on, let me get a better amen, even if you don't want to hear it. There is room for one more. There's room for many more to join into the process of being changed by the power of God. Yeah. So welcome to the journey that we're all on. But Jesus says, back in the text, don't be like the hypocrites. Those who are blatantly so, and consistently so, and religiously so. Don't be like them. And, and, and the word hypocrite here, going into the Greek language, coming out into you, it means this. Don't be a play actor. Don't be a play actor. Don't be one who puts on a mask to pretend to be one thing publicly. All the while, you're somebody completely different in private. Was that good? Who said that? Now, take it or leave it, but we gotta, we got to fight that tendency to be one thing in public, but something different in private. Jesus said, don't be like play actors. And in this context, the play actors were those who, Jews would pray three times a day, don't be like the Jews who go public in prayer, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with public prayer. We see it in the Old Testament and in the New. It's good. It can be really good if it's done for the right motivation. We just prayed on Wednesday. Here. How many of y'all were here for our prayer meeting? It was powerful. Almost what, just under 200 people. God moved here. I'm going to continue. I just prayed publicly earlier, right? There's a place for public prayer. But Jesus says, don't be like those who put on the mask, who go public, who stand in open places and, and pray to God for the purpose of being seen and heard by others. Don't be like that. So you can get two people, let's just make this simple, two people both praying in public, both basically saying the same thing. If you are to look at them, you were to think from what they say, wow, this is awesome. Okay? It's good to pray good prayers. But here's where we want to look in our own hearts. Not just what's being said out loud and what we see, but the motivation behind why we're praying. Two people can pray almost the same prayers, but do it for the wrong motivations. And this is where we have to, don't think about your neighbor, don't think about anybody, think about your own life. Not just with prayer, but in every area of your life. It's not just what you do, but why you do what you do. He said, don't don't be a hypocrite. Who for the purpose of being seen prays this way. Don't be like that. Jesus says, those who pray like that for that purpose, what have they received? Huh? The reward. What is the reward? Well, it's this. They have that person praying has one eye on God, winking at God, one eye on people, however that works. Yes, their eyes, it it looks like they're praying to God, but really they're looking around to see who's looking at them so that people around them will think well of them. That's their boost. That's their identity, that people around them think well of them. Oh, we got to watch this, y'all. 
to make sure that what we do in Jesus' name is really for Jesus' glory, not ours. Test yourself in every area of your Christian life, from your giving to your small group leading to everything you do. It's not just what you do, but it's, are y'all with me? Why you do what you do. You can do a good thing, and that helps people, but do it for the wrong reason and get no reward from God. Now, these individuals, they got a reward, but who is it from? The people watching. Oh, they saw me. Ooh. And I know this from experience. The praise of man, at least in my life, it lasts about five minutes. That's how far it takes me. And then, because it has such a short shelf life, you have to keep doing things to keep getting it. Keep earning it. And how many of y'all know the praise of man will never take you where the power of God can take you? And that's why we have to be pleasers of God, not, not pleasers of man. And this is not a war you win in your Christian life. This is a battle you fight to an extent every day. That, God, I want to get up. I want to live for you. I want to make sure what I do is for your glory. And I don't know if our intentions are ever 100% pure. It could be 60, 40, 85, 15, 90, 10, I don't know. But, but the process of becoming more like Jesus is closing the gap between what we say and what we do, between what God says and who we are. It's God, change my heart so I do this for you, not for me. Are y'all getting this? And man, that takes time. Because let me go back. You can believe in God, and you do. But just because you believe in God doesn't mean that you have a good relationship with God. It doesn't mean that you are doing the right things for the right motivations before God. We have to go to Jesus who takes us below the surface. So he said, don't, 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 don't be like that. Don't be hypocritical. And this is Jesus just getting to the heart of the matter. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer out loud. Whose reward do you want? That's really what it comes down to. Because you'll get one from man. Do you want God's reward or do you want man's reward? That's what it comes down to. Do you want man's approval or do you want God's? I think I know the answer for you. But let me show you how you can guarantee the reward of God in your life. Y'all want to know how you do that? If, there, hey, if God's giving rewards, I'm showing up and I want to know how. How about y'all? He tells us. Up on the mountain, he goes deep, deep, and he says this, Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, okay, when you, don't be like the hypocrites. Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is where? Now, earlier, I, I read this, and someone said, in heaven. And that's absolutely true, isn't it? God is in heaven. But isn't it amazing that he's not only in heaven, he's with us in secret, it's a paradox. It's a mystery. The God who fills all things and always is with us in secret, and he sees. It's powerful. Hold on one second. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is where? In secret. And, and your Father who does what? Sees. Where? In secret. Will do what? Will reward you. In public? Man sees. In private, the Father sees. In the secret place, it's just you and God. With nobody around going, that was a great prayer. 
No one around going, whoa, that's so eloquent. Wow. And people will do that if you pray well in public. But when it's just you in the secret place. How many of y'all know the secret place will test and will purify your motivations? If you go to public places to pray and you do that only, you might just be religious. Just wanting to do the external right thing, but internally you have no real heart for God. Show me a man, show me a woman who wants to spend time with God in private, and I will show you a man or a woman who is seeking after the heart of God. Because it's just you and God and his heart that you seek in private. There is a secret to the Christian life. And it's being a master. It's being very skilled and being very consistent at what you do in secret. (laughs) Oh, on social media, whoever's on it, who's not in some way promoting themselves publicly and what they're doing? And it's not always bad. But they're after a certain what? Reward. Return, right? Hey, I I think I'm an okay preacher. I want to excel in what I do here. My main concern, though, is not what I do here. It's what I do when I'm not here. What qualifies me to be up here is not that I have a PhD and that I am whatever you think I am that's good. Aside from this, it's this very fact that I meet with God and I'm called by God to be here. And what I do here publicly is an overflow of who I am privately by the grace of God alone. By the grace of God alone. Let me make that clear. And this is true also for you. People are worried about their public image and their public persona. Okay, great. But listen, who you are and what you do in secret will determine how you are and how you're perceived in public. And you don't have to announce a fire. When there's a fire burning in the secret place and you're meeting with God, you don't have to go announce how long you've been with God in prayer. People will know that you've been with God. You don't have to say, I prayed five hours or 50 minutes. Or, I mean, okay, sure, great. Okay, you let us know. Thank you. But if you're meeting with God, it will be on your face. If you're meeting with God, it will come out of your mouth. That when there's a time of crisis, you don't panic. You run to your default place, and that is to prayer, to cry out to God. And y'all, in the secret place, that's where motives are tested. That's where we are tested and where God shapes us and forms us into who He's called us to be, yes, privately, but also useful publicly. Not saying one thing publicly, but being somebody else privately. Does this help you? Does this convict you a little bit? Anybody? So I want to share this with you. I'm getting ready to land here. And I I hesitate sharing this because I don't want it to come across the wrong way. So I'll run the risk, I guess, of losing my reward by telling you what I do, but maybe I'll run that risk for the sake of getting the point across. Uh, One thing that I do that helps me tremendously in my relationship with God is, some of you saw this on social media a while back, I posted there's a 90-day Bible reading plan that I posted. Did anybody see that? Okay. Okay, the aim is not just to get through a bunch of Scripture to say, I read the Bible in 90 days. But there's a, a reading plan that I posted, and it's from Genesis to Revelation, 90 days. And it's to be read, but 
It can also be gone through, and you can listen. Y'all know you can listen to the Bible? And y'all know that in the early church, do you know that, like, even, like, the book of Revelation, that book, and there are others too, but that one was written to be read aloud. There were people in the first century who could not read, and so the book was read aloud. So some people think it's cheating to listen on their phone to the Bible being read, but that's actually how many people in the early church received the word. So what am I saying? Read the word, but here's something I do. I put on my muffs, my JBLs, and there's an area right by my house it's, it's a neighborhood that's being developed. There's only one home in it. So it's this long road that goes through it. There's one house at the front. I go through the weeds, hop over, and then I get into this area. And I go, I work out at Reds, but I go on long walks. I love to walk outside. I lo- inside, it's, I'm like, I'm on a treadmill. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I'm not. You know, like, I got to get out and see things. And so this is just something I do. You don't have to do this. How many of y'all know God speaks to us through his word? We speak to him through prayer. So just the other day, I had my muffs on. I'm listening to the Gospel of Matthew being read in my muffs, right? And so God is speaking to me, and it was such a sublime, such a sublime experience of hearing God through the Word being read aloud to me. And then as the Word is coming in my ear, into my mind, then I'm agreeing and praying back to God. And the only ones who knew that I was meeting with God or a couple of squirrels and a few birds, <laughs> and they didn't care. And again, I run the risk of telling you this, because you're like, oh, he's trying to, no, I'm, I didn't do it. I didn't even think about doing that for the sake of coming here to tell you that. I did it because I want to meet with God. But there was nobody around. No one to follow up with a text to say, Pastor Scott, that was powerful prayer. Just me and God. But think about the grammar of just God. It was me and the God, your God, who brings the sun up every day, who spoke everything into existence, who sent his son to live and to die for me, to bring me and you into relationship with the Father forever. That God spoke to me, and I spoke to him, and we went to another level in our relationship with God. And today I'm here, and this is the overflow of my relationship with God. And that's true for me, but guess what? The same is true for you. When you meet with God, Other people get to feast on the fruit by the Spirit provided in your life. Rest in the shade of your life that's being conformed to the image of Jesus. People will come and benefit from your, publicly benefit from your private, cultivated, consistent relationship with God. Isn't that good? Oh, and most people promote what you do publicly. Can we forget all that for just a while? Because the secret is the secret place. The secret is getting in that secret place regularly. Jesus goes on to say in verses 7 and 8, And when you pray, don't, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the Gentiles, the non-Jews. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Now, let this, for some of you, this will be very convicting. He says, they think, and maybe you have as well, that they'll be heard, that you'll be heard for the many words. Don't, don't be like them. 
for your father. This is so liberating. For your father knows what you need before you ask. You all know that you'll never go to God in prayer with what you think is a good idea. Pray it to God and then the father's like, now that's a good idea. I've never thought of that. How many of y'all are thankful? He's thought of everything. He thought of your life and the blessing of your life and your eternal life before you had a life. He was thinking about you. I mean, so many are the thoughts of God that he thinks toward us, more than the grains of sand on the seashore. So you don't need to go to God like an, a divine informant, like, I've got this idea. Oh, God, here it comes. Any good idea you've ever taken to God in prayer, any good holy prayer is one that he himself has inspired by his word and by the spirit. And when you pray it, he's like, oh, yeah, now we're talking. That's from me, not your flesh or from your ingenuity. He knows what you need before you ask. How many of you can identify times in your life when if you're honest, you didn't know what to pray? But somehow, some way we say, we know the ways. It worked out. And God came through. Someone was like, that was God? It was something amazing. And as the old preacher said, well, if it was good, sure wasn't the devil. How many of y'all know God's ahead of you? He's thinking about you. He's been thinking about you for a long time. So you don't go over and over, 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 repetitiously on and on and on and on forever as if God doesn't know. You say, well, Pastor Scott, what about the parable of the persistent widow? I'm very familiar with her. But that story is more about her faith to keep going and much less, actually not at all, about a deficiency in God's knowing. God knows what we need. He does want us to cry out, and there is a way to cry out for a long time that comes from a heart of, I'm not going to God to give him new information. I'm going to meet with God because he's God. And I want to meet with him. And I want him to speak to me. And I want to see if we could get this. That, that, that prayer is about experiencing God, communicating with God. It's about getting close to the heart of God. We would no longer see it as something we check off our religious to-do list. It would be the driving priority of our lives. God, I cannot wait to get with you. I'm with you all the time. I'm praying through the day. But I want to get with you. I want to shut my door. I want to go on a long drive. And that's where God will meet you. You don't have to go on and on and on, per se. Because Jesus shows us that long prayer isn't always strong prayer. Longer doesn't mean better. Because it's not just what we do, it's the what. At the end of the day, it's the motivation behind those words. And we're going to end with this. Jesus says, you said, I thought we we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. We are. Here you go. This, this starts the study today. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus says this simply. Pray like this. Say it with me. Our Father in stop right there it's hard isn't it you're like oh i feel like i just that was like sacrilegious to just say our father in heaven 
do you understand, I mean, just what you said? I mean, the profundity of it all? You get to go before the God of all creation. And he's not a God way out there that we have to remind. He's not a God way out there that if we're just loud enough and long enough, finally he'll be like, okay, like sometimes parents do their kids, what do y'all want? He's our father. You see that? He's our father. And like any good father, like the best father, he wants to hear from his children. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to communicate with him. This is the foundation of all prayer, that the God of all creation wants to be close with us. And this is the way it works. God the Father sent Jesus the Son to come to this world to live, to die, to rise, to ascend to the Father so that we who are far away by belief in Jesus the Son could be brought into relationship with the Father so that every moment of our lives, of your lives, you have direct access to the throne of God's grace to receive mercy and to find grace to help you in your time of need without exception. And then there are people going, do I have to pray? Boy, you get to pray. Come on, we get to go to the throne freely. And when we get there, it's not God going, okay, I'm, I'm running the universe. Can you make this fast? We can spend as long as we want, but it's not just what we do. It's why we go there. And if we go with a heart of faith, believing his word, he will hear and respond to our prayers no matter what we are going through. He's bigger. He's better. He's stronger. But the question is, will you go with me to that throne? Y'all ready to do it as a church? Let's do it together. But know this. Our prayers are heard. Not because we are long or loud. But because we are loved. He loves you. He loves to hear from you. So our confidence should not be in the length of our prayers. But in the depth of his amazing love. That's what I want you to know. And here's what I want you to do. And we're done. I love my wife. There's Jesus and then there's Kelly. And the gap, I mean, if there's any gap between us, it's... How do you have a faithful marriage? You close that emotional gap. You communicate regularly. Men, serve your wives. Get up in that space. Love, love, serve, communicate. Don't say, I don't like to talk. You got to open up your mouth. Open up your heart. Communicate with your spouse. I promise you, you will have an intimate, close marriage if you're doing that. And I love with Kelly throughout the day. I'll text her. I'll be, I'll be in my kitchen. I call it my kitchen, my office, getting ready for Sunday, writing a sermon. And I'll stop and I'll shoot her a text. Say, what do you text her? You'll never know. Hey, beautiful. Hey, what? Okay. I text her, flirt with her. Hey, baby, you look awesome today. You are fine. You're an amazing mother. 
great revelation at study that I'll text things like that. I'll call her if I just have a second. Hey, hey, what's going on? I just, through the day, I like to touch base. And how many of y'all know with God, you do the same thing? If you don't have an hour set aside, through the day, I do that with God. God, you're amazing. I went out the other day just to do some random tests. On, oh, oh, yesterday, y'all. Listen to this. I know I'm not trying to be funny or glib here. I, I got a Route 44 water from Sonic. Can somebody give God praise for water in the middle of summer? And literally, I, I said, God, thank you for this water. That's like a text message like to Kelly through the day. There's those short moments, little moments through the day. But here's the part I really love. Regularly, we have what's called porch time. I thought I was going to say something else, but I'm like, no, we have porch time. And we have this big oak tree in the backyard, and we bought these chairs on sale from Target, and we like to sit around. We bought those back in January, or no, no, I'm sorry, March. Sit around in the, under the oak tree. And we're able to look one another in the eyes she shares her heart with me. I share my heart with her. And we just close that gap. I know what's going on in her heart. I know what's going on in her mind and vice versa. And that is what makes us so close. An unshakable, unbreakable marriage right there. You see, I thought this was a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. It is. Here's what I want you to do. I want you, starting when you leave, talk to God through the day. Talk to him, even if it's just for a few seconds, for a few moments. But here's what I want you to do if you don't have it already. I want you to find some porch time to get with God where nobody else is around. No one is there to reward you. If it's going on a walk, if it's getting in your car, if it's finding a closet, get some porch time, closet time. Be a master of the secret place Go this week, coming up, expecting God to meet you there, not because it's a thing to check off, but because it's a God to meet with. Go with that attitude. And if you pray five minutes or five hours, listen, five minutes for the right reason is better than five hours for the wrong. Go expecting God to meet you there and to reward you. And you won't have to come out announcing how long you were, you were there. We'll see it in your life. Behold a man, a woman who's been with God. Y'all receive this? Y'all ready to grow? Lift your hands with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Father, I pray that you would remove every lie, every practical thing that keeps us from you, every lie we believe that keeps us from you. And Lord, today, my prayer is that we would all leave fired up, passionate about meeting you in the secret place. And so, Lord, we love you today. We give you thanks. I thank you for all my friends here who've been so attentive today. Lord, would you bless them? Would you meet them? Would you meet with them as they meet with you? And we pray these things. We believe you for these things. In the awesome name of Jesus, everybody said amen. 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 Hey, would you stand to your feet? Hey, Pastor Scott, thank you so much.